podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Still Giggs goes. He's through. He's scored. Ryan Giggs. He's at the goal that's played for Manchester United. Right footed. It's a clear header. And it into the net. Solskjaer has won the European Cup for Manchester United. Hey there guys and welcome back to the Stressy Cast, the podcast of Strettynews.com, the number one fan site and the voice of Manchester United fans worldwide. And uh, once again, for however brief a time it may be, um, United have escaped the icy grasp of six with a routine 3-0 win against the worst Sunderland side to grace the Premier League since the Sunderland team of last season. Um, and one hell of a way to bounce back from the uh, disappointment of a disappointing midweek draw with Everton, uh, with once again the curious case of Benjamin Zlatan leading the line for Manchester United and um, scoring on his return to the team. Um, and we've got a real treat for you this week, folks, because we've actually got a three-man panel. Uh, joining me first of all is um, is the, uh, the the token Irish person that we have to have on every show. Uh, it's kind of a one-in-one-out policy. Uh, Philip Morrissey, how are you doing, Phil? Uh, not too bad, Mike. Not too bad. And uh, joining us back on the pod after an extended hiatus is uh, is Johnny Brook. Johnny, how you doing? All the better for the touch of the last time magic. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we'll get straight into it because uh, Phil, it was um, Manchester United needed a win this weekend, if not uh, just simply for, to chase up fourth, but to gain a little bit of momentum going into the uh, return of the Europa League. Um, first of all, Phil, what were your thoughts on the match? How did you think the performance went and uh, what did you think of the match itself? Well, I think, to be honest with you, uh, most of us, when we were actually watching the match, we kind of, we all decided, like, this is terrible. We actually, I turned it off at one stage and turned it back on. It was 1-0 and I thought, Christ, we actually had a shot on target. That actually, we actually made goalkeeper work. I was actually, I was astounded because it just seemed to be it just seemed to be part of the routine for the last couple of games pass sideways pass backwards and uh, almost zero penetration it was it was so pedestrian wasn't it for such a long time and and um do you think the result uh, signaled an improvement or do you think it just sort of papered over the cracks of uh, what you said already was a very poor game well, it, it was almost reminiscent of the away performance against Middlesbrough, in a way. Like, it's um, up against another fairly lamentable team from the northeast, um, ve- very low on confidence, uh, disgruntled home fans, uh, they can't score to save their life, and yet we struggled at times to make chances, and... Even at 2-0, you thought perhaps that they might go on and score maybe another three or four, but it didn't really look likely, and it was only until the last minute that um, Rashford popped up with the third, but until then, it just seems they seem to be playing within themselves, whether that's whether that was an issue uh, saving themselves for Thursday, I don't know, but uh, you would have thought um, a team down to 10 men 2-0 down, and uh, with zero hope of actually getting anything out of the game, that the uh, United would have rammed home their advantage, and 
battered them, but it never really happened. Yeah, and um, do you, so, I mean, I suppose they can't put much stock in this result just because of how terrible Sunderland are. Of course, some of the big headlines from the game, though, it wasn't just simply Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but um, Luke Shaw starting and uh, putting in what is a fairly, what I certainly thought was a pretty damn creditable performance. Um, a couple of questions. I mean, what did you think of his performance, Philip? And um, do you think he still has a future of Manchester United as uh, Jose Mourinho's like robotic avatar? It was almost uh, well. His uh, comments during the week it was almost like uh, he was playing a game of uh, Sims or something like that. Um, with Luke Shaw, his uh, creation that he was trying to put, um, trying to make him into somewhat of a robot. Um, I thought Shaw actually played better after about half an hour because for the first for the first uh, period of that game he seemed overly eager. He was trying too hard I suppose. Uh, he wasn't really playing his natural game. He gave away a couple of silly uh, free kicks. He got booked and he was kind of he was he was he was almost uh, trying to be too safe in possession, but I think as United went on in the set, in that first half period towards the end, when they got the goal, when um, when Seb Larson got sent off, uh, he became more prominent, and as the game went on, I think um, he actually became more of the Luke Shaw that people expect him to be. Whether that's enough to save his United career at this stage, I don't know. It requires a decent run of form. I think he should be playing at left-back myself. I don't think uh, Darmian, Darmian isn't a, a naturally left-sided player. And uh, Danny Blind can get caught on get caught quite often in terms of pace by um, opposition wingers. So... Um, First choice, I would actually. He needs to run in games, but he needs to prove himself as well. Uh, Johnny, do you think? What do you make of Mourinho's antics? I mean, his post-match antics in the last couple of weeks. And do you think, in regards to Luke Shaw, do you think there is the treatment? Does it just stem from Shaw being unprofessional? Or do you think there's some genuine personal enmity there? Um, I, I don't think it's a personal thing. I, I think he's been round the block enough times to know from the fallouts he's had previously what will and won't work. Um, he obviously rates him from the effort that he tried putting into getting him at Chelsea. And it's got to frustrate him that there's a space that's custom made for sure and what he does when he's on form. But there's something he sees that we don't that just makes him think, is the lad even half asked about being here? And I think that's got to be the thing now that you look back at Pochettino, Hodgson, Van Gaal, Mourinho. That's now his last four managers that have all raised questions over his commitment to the job he's been brought in to do. So hopefully, you know, these words can have that effect and make him realise that for all his talent, the chances aren't going to be there forever, just on the off chance that he steps up. He has to step up now and make the place his own or they will move him on and bring someone in that's got the desire to do that. 
Is the problem though? I mean, you mentioned Mourinho's history of falling out with players yeah. in the past. In, in fact, at his previous two clubs, he fell out with the entire squads. Um, do you not think? Because I mean, he laid it to several of his other players though a yeah. week ago. Um, do you think Mourinho's the same manager he was before the fallout of that Real Madrid job? Um, you can tell there's some change in there. Because obviously, when you're at somewhere as big as Real and the, the rivalry over there obviously is massive, not just as a club, Barcelona to Real, but him and Guardiola, that just became insane. And to think that he had his players behind him in that battle and realised that it just wasn't happening, you know, that only makes a bad situation far, far worse than it ever was to start with. So it's going to have some sort of lasting impact on how he approaches this stuff and obviously it must have done at some stage last season at Chelsea because to see a squad that's had such minimal work done to it go from finishing in the bottom half to absolutely romping the title with minor touches it's obvious that these players are now putting the effort in for a manager that's guiding them to glory this time that they weren't putting in for Mourinho and that's got to be in some way down to the way that he handled them. What do you make of his post-match antics in general? Do you think he's a? Do you think it's a help or a hindrance to the team? Would you rather he just stop moaning so much at times? Um, I think sometimes it's like a fifty-fifty. There's sometimes where the pure entertainment of it, like his absolute disgust at being asked that how even the West Brom game was. Yeah, that's that's pure chuckles, and after the misery of that ninety minutes, you need something to laugh at. But then there's other times where you can just sense that the players who aren't scoring that are supposed to be doing, confidence has got to be low. It's probably lower than it's been in quite some time. And the last thing they need is a public airing of they're not up to the job I've brought them in to do because that's only going to make it worse. So there's elements of it that you just think, you know, Tone it down in some areas and we might just get through this a bit quicker. Yeah, um, I just want to drop a few quick stats, by the way, just to signal how monumental United's win on Sunday was. Uh, Sunderland have now failed to score in seven successive Premier League games. It's the joint second worst running Premier League history, along with, Crystal Pal- along with the uh, Crystal Palace team that we all so much love from the 94-95 season. Um, Derby County in 2008, which I believe was the Paul Jewel vintage, and um, yeah, and uh, Ipswich in 94-95, which I believe was a team we beat nine nil. Um, they've gone without scoring a goal in 675 minutes, um, which I have to say, because it's David Moyes, it's kind of hilarious. Mike, uh, don't you think um, didn't Villa have a similarly wretched run as well last year? I wonder if that's the the worst run because if they're the if they're the um, they're the uh, joint second worst run. Oh no, it is Palace. Sorry, they hold the record with nine. So uh, Villa, I reckon probably yeah. at about six. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I remember then they were terrible and they went they went down and I think some of them go down as well and no one's going to be shedding a tear here. I mean, just as a quick aside, I think they're a team that have been hanging around in the Premier League. But adding absolutely nothing to it for several years. And, uh, a very good friend, a oh, very yeah. good friend of mine's a Sunderland fan. He's not going to appreciate me saying that, but it's true. Oh, they are. They're just awful as a club and as a team and as a city. To be fair, it's just no. 
no appeal for me on that one. So when they are relegated, that will be celebrated. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, um, of course, that came off. The, that result came off the back of um, what was a, quite a disappointing performance in Big Greek against Everton. Um, Johnny, just how relentlessly irritating and boring was that game? Um, just incredibly, because it, it just it almost played like the sort of Scooby Doo background. We just kept seeing the same things repeated, nothing changing, and just stretching on forever. And it was just like you know, you've been trying this one tactic now for an hour, and you've had nothing from it. Why not, in some way, mix it up a bit? And it just never seemed to kick in. It was just sort of not the United we used to because we've all grown up on a United that's behind is the most dangerous side you can play against where this current crop doesn't have that craft or that desire or just that knack of turning um, what looks like defeat into a soul-crushing victory for all that we're hoping for us to slip up it's just it, it's peculiar. There's the joy that we're not losing, but the utter, utter frustration that we're just assembling the most boring, undefeated run that Europe's ever seen. Johnny, is the uh, Middlesbrough game the only time that we've actually come back to win? Um, that I can think of this season, yeah. Yeah, United's record coming from behind in games is really, really poor. Um, I don't think we've won. I think that might be the only one we've won. Although I await someone to correct to correct me on that. Um, Phil, in, in regards to that result, and obviously um, a previous disappointing result at the weekend as well that we, we'd already we'd already talked about on the uh, the previous episode of this podcast. Do you think that fault of the tactics, just doing the same thing over and over again and failing? Do you think that lies with the players, or do you think that lies with the manager? Surely it should lie with the tactics and the management. They're, they go through um, systems and routines every day in training. They surely have plans and ideas made out for, OK, this team is going to play defensive football. This team is going to drop deep. This team is going to uh, try and hit us on the break. You make plans, you make systems, you make tactics to, uh, to come to combat that, you don't just say, "Right, lads, let's just hit and hope." Like we saw, we saw that Leicester last year um, got success out of the World Cup, out of uh, winning the Premier League that way. We saw uh, Portugal to a certain extent uh, win the European Championships that way. We saw how Wales and Northern Ireland got to the latter stages of the European Championship knockout stages and Iceland to a certain degree as well by playing solid uh, solid type um, set- setups so uh, it, it's not a new system it's not a new way of uh, setting up players and coaches surely should have a way of of uh, getting around this whether it be different way you can't just play just play the same system against it you have to be a bit more clever. You have to be a bit more uh, uh, intuitive. Yeah, it just seems to me United's problem is that they lack um, variety in midfield. I mean, past Pogba and Herrera, 
I mean, I know some people are going to point to Fellaini on, on, on Sunday, but really beyond Pogba and Herrera, I mean, what are United offering in midfield? Especially with one of the, at least one of those two isn't playing particularly well or not available. Is it just in terms of having a player that can actually break the lines? Yeah, absolutely. I think United lack real creative spark in that regard. And that not helped, of course, by Mata being out for the rest of the season, as far as we know. Yeah, and we still don't know what the issue is regarding his injury at the moment or how long he's actually going to be out for. Yeah, I mean, as far as you know, he had the operation and stuff, and that's 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 as far as you know. Just just a quick aside, um, United might well be ending this... Uh, I mean, obviously, it'll all be decided by the time this podcast is but as we speak, Arsenal are going full Arsenal at the moment. Palace have gone 2-0 up um, by Yoa Kabai. So, um, at least we always have that to sort of cheer ourselves up with. Definitely. It's, it's not much of a... It's not much of a thing at all, is it? Yeah, but you'll know it'll give Piers Morgan a heart attack. So one of one of these days he'll just fully stroke out, and you know, and he'll, we'll never have to see him again. <laughs> hopefully, like uh, yeah. that would be. Uh, hopefully, on live TV on his own um, yeah. on his own morning show as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it. I I live in one of those areas where we had street parties when Thatcher left us. I'd like to think we'd have at least a smaller type event when Morgan departs, because he's just such an absolute weapon of a human. But there we go. Yeah, um, I think that's enough of um, Piers Morgan anyway. I think uh, we're all going to have yeah. a shower after talking about him in this podcast. Yeah. Um, of course, a big game coming up uh, this week. We've got Anderlecht travelling to Brussels, um, which I'm sure is going to be a great away trip for all the guys going over there. Um, so I uh, hope you all have a good time guys for all the fans travelling over um, bit of team news as far what we know so far um, Valencia should be back for that one from what Mourinho says um, so that'll be good news so we'll have him back and if Shaw's playing it should give us a little bit of cut and thrust going on the flanks um, standard injuries as we had before Smalling, Jones um, I personally see that as a plus uh, unavailable um, and uh, but everybody else, and obviously matter. But as far as I know, pretty much everybody else is available at this point. Um, one question is, who's going to start in goal? Because uh, of course Romero started on Sunday, which was uh, something that caught people's attention. Uh, there was no news in that really until after the game when Marino said that De Gea had an injury. Um, do we think it's just uh, Johnny? Do we think that's just an injury, or do we think there's something else going on there? Because De Gea hasn't been playing, he's not been he's not been awful, but he has been below his best this season, hasn't he? He he, he has. He's. I mean, like Everton's goal the other night. That's not the kind of thing that beats him in these previous two seasons. It, we're kind of almost getting to that state where because the summer's approaching and it's been another almost scout season on our part for what we've achieved with it. It's. It's going to be something where his eye is going to get drawn towards. Maybe heading home if Real are putting out the feelers again. So, you know, these things will happen. That moves will get talked about, his head will get turned and it's going to distract him. And that seems to me like the painful side of the way the lad's been playing in recent weeks. He's not quite looked as on the ball as he usually is so I'm hoping it is just an injury just a minor minor thing and I'm completely overreacting but I do get the feeling that 
this could well be the summer that he does get the move that the fax machine blocked a few summers back. Yeah, um, Philip, what what are your thoughts on De Gea? Yeah, I just uh, I just thought it seemed strange the fact that there was only a mention of the injury, not even a question of what the type of injury was after the actual game after the uh, game itself in the press conference. There was nothing said about it on either Friday or Saturday, where you would have thought okay or you would have thought okay uh, De Gea is doubtful or De Gea is currently struggling with a minor calf injury or a minor knock that you would have said, okay, maybe it's time to put uh, Sergio Romero in. But there was nothing heard about it until the first, the first uh, that I actually saw mention of it was the hour beforehand when um, uh, BBC Sport were discussing, uh, it was on the early morning show on uh, BBC One. And that was the first that I actually heard mention about the fact that he might be uh, out of out of game. I thought I thought that Romero might actually play on Thursday away from that, just to give uh, the a break ahead of the Chelsea game. But I didn't expect Romero to also play against Sunderland. Yeah, I mean to be fair, but Romero has been. Um... It's in a weird sort of way. He was one of Van Hal's best signings. This unheralded, unheralded uh, goalkeeper sort of brought in at the last minute um, when the day, well, the day his situation was up in the air. Uh, but he's carried himself very, very well. I mean, we shouldn't be that surprised. He's got over sixty caps for Argentina. But I'd, I'd like to think that I'd actually be certainly for the time being quite, quietly confident uh, with us still being okay with Romero in goal because he's not, he's not put a foot wrong really for us so far. Um, I mean, obviously, I think surely there's agreement all around that this this Europa League goes, this, and this competition's got to be the number one priority for the club now. Um, with the gap being stretched a little bit this last week from us to the top four. Uh, let's uh, before we move on to the preview, a quick preview of the Chelsea game. Uh, let's get a couple of score predictions from that one, uh, Philip. What, how do you think it's going to go? I think it'll be one all draw. I think we'll get an away goal, but I don't. I don't know whether we'll actually win, but I can see uh, I can see a scoring. And uh, Johnny, what about you? Um, two one United. I have less fear when we're playing away. There just seems to be a panic about failing at Old Trafford that stops them even more. But away, I'd uh, fancy him to get a polite win. I'm uh, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fall on the sub of filling this, and I think it's gonna be one all. I'm hoping that it'll just just to annoy people that United actually draw every single game between now and the, and, and the end of the competition and we end up winning the final on penalties. On Sunday is a huge, huge game. Um, we might not be in a chance of getting the top four, but we can still throw a spanner in the works of the title race um, as we host Chelsea. And um, you get the feeling... Um, we owe these guys one. We lost them both times at Stamford Bridge this season. Um, what the uh, the FA Cup game where of course Andrew Herrera sent off, and then the absolute shellacking that we took earlier in the season, um, where Chris Smalling was attempting to do his best impression of Leslie Nielsen uh, playing a centre half in the Naked Gun series. 
Johnny, what are, what are your thoughts on the Chelsea game? Are you fearful or have you got any confidence in, in United to pull off a result? Um, somewhere between the two. I'm not going into it expecting that we'll nick a, a small win on that one. It's just, if ever we are going to draw a game at home, I would like it to be this one. Because I think for all the pressure on them, people rightly point out that under Mourinho, we've not really won one of those marquee games yet. If he is to do that, I'd love that to be City away rather than the Chelsea game. So anything where we avoid a defeat on Sunday for me will be a bonus. Yeah, because I think the only one of the, the big teams around us that United have actually beaten this season is, is Spurs at home. Phil, do you think, just, just from a purely psychological point of view, United need to win this game? Uh, I I do, I think. Um, and I think United have a kind of, uh, like, a, a sign over Chelsea in the past when they haven't been playing well, when they haven't been expected to win. You remember back to that uh, Darren Fletcher winner against them a couple of years ago, maybe about 10 or 12 years ago at this stage, and they had been completely written off and uh, they had been hammered in the press by uh, Roy Keane, actually, at the time. Uh, he said that they were the biggest bunch of uh, wasters ever. And uh, Darren Fletcher came out and uh, got the winner. And that was, it wasn't the, the start of a, a great United comeback to win the league that year, but at least gave them the, the, air, the, the sense of confidence that they could actually compete against these kind of teams again like after a fairly barren couple of years but I think I, I think it's going to be a game that Mourinho is determined definitely not to lose we mightn't win but I don't think we'll I don't think we'll lose I get the feeling this isn't going to be a pretty game uh, do you Phil? no certainly not <laughs> it's not going to be one for the purists anyway I can see uh I'd say it's going to be a fairly tasty um, battle between Diego Tasta and probably Eric Bailly, certainly. Yeah, J- Johnny, which which uh, Chelsea player do you think United are going to attempt to kick up in the air first? Um, I'd hope it's Costa just purely to get him. I mean, I know there's so many to choose from. Oh, yeah, I mean, it literally is. It's, it's like the old Woolworths pick and mix of people you'd want to kick in the air. It's just a squad made up of kickable people, but Costa, just because of how good he is at handing that out, if there is a, a bigger stirrer in the league than Herrera, then Costa's your man. Yeah, I have this weird thing with Costa where the more of a bastard he is, the more I'd actually quite like to have him at United. Well, I, I, I will say that categorically, he's like the most... United forward that I've ever seen that's not at United is just he's everything you love when he's your forward and everything you hate when he's the opposition's. He's got a touch of Mark Hughes about him, doesn't he? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I remember exactly that, just that absolute bully when he wants to be, but when the ball's at his feet and it needs that bit of craft, the skill's there to do exactly that, so... Yeah, as much as I want to hate him violently, I've got to respect the fact that the guy is 
sickeningly impressive at what he does. Yeah, I can't wait. This is gonna be a it's gonna be a full on bastard off this one between two teams of <laughs> two teams of absolute bastards because there's loads of them on the pitch. It's gonna be it, it, even though oh, it yeah. may not be a high quality uh, technical football match. It's gonna uh, this could be quite entertaining. This. Oh yeah. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like one of those pure eighties uh, mid yeah. moody type of uh, <laughs> games, like. Uh, where you had like um, Robson and uh, all those kind of guys just going hell for leather. Yeah, it's it's gonna be one for the old school, definitely. Yeah, do we um, do we do we dare um, Philip? Do you want to dare to make a prediction on how you think that game's gonna go on Sunday? One 0 with a deflection. Uh, and uh, Johnny, what about you? Um, I'll go one 0 for that one. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. I don't see us not conceding, but I get the feeling we we could we might just nip this game. I think we're gonna be really up for this. And I actually thought in the FA Cup yeah. game until that sending off, we were doing a pretty damn good job of um of getting at of not just stopping Chelsea playing, but actually getting at them down the other end as well. Yeah. But um, and Herrera was a bit silly yeah. in that game, unfortunately, and that and that, and that cost us. I'd imagine we're I'd imagine we're gonna get um, a few phone calls of support from um from White Hart Lane anyway. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I should think so. But of course, and, and of course, we have to still. I think we still have to go down there later in the season. We, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah, towards the end of the season. Yeah, we've got so. a pretty, um, we've got a pretty tough running looking at it because we have, we have obviously we've got Chelsea, we've got Arsenal away, we've got City away, and we've got Spurs away, which is um, oh, well, actually no, let's forget Arsenal away. I'm not worried about Arsenal away. No, it's, it's like a punchline to a joke now. Um, yeah. Right, well that's that's all from everybody this week, guys. Um, why don't you just let everyone know where they can find your uh, so, social media? Um, Johnny, where, where can everybody find you? Um, Twitter is the best one. Uh, you'll find me as Beardmong. Excellent, excellent. And you are you are contributing as well some stuff to Shreddy News now again. Yeah, yeah, indeedy. Yeah, do you, do you give everyone a little brief about um, the last piece you put up? Um, yeah, just one that I'm having a bit of a struggle in understanding how Pogba's been written off by so many in his sort of debut season back in England. The boy has shown so many signs of being every bit the player that we paid so much money to get. But, you know, there's only so much one man can do. And if the people around him keep missing the chance after chance he creates... And the woodwork is vindictive enough to keep the ball out of the back of the net. You know, it's fine, fine margins that define his and our season and nobody really wants to take that into account. Or should I say the negative types don't want to take how close he's been to being a genuine game changer for us. So hopefully, with some quality additions and a little more of the lucky stuff next season, we'll see the player we all expect him to be. Yeah, it'd be it'd be good to see with maybe a better midfield around him and a full pre-season under his belt, which he didn't get. I actually think he's done yeah. remarkably well considering he's not had a pre-season at all. He's just come straight in. Yeah. He's played well over 40 games already. So he's had a hell of a lot to contend yeah. with in his, his first season. Uh, Philip, uh, where can everybody find you? And um, you want to let everybody know what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, uh, you can... Best place to... Uh, Catch me would probably on Facebook, uh, just facebook.com forward, forward slash uh, the lofty dog. Um, I'm just on a couple of uh, music websites at the moment as well. Uh, you can catch me 
on Ireland Metal Archives, uh, metalireland.com, or on overdrive.overblown.co.uk. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Philip E. Morris E. and uh, various different discussions about politics and uh, movies and all sorts of ruminations on life. Fantastic. Um, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at Mike underscore Loudmouth and my Facebook page, which is at the Northern Loudmouth. You can find some of my work on Stretty News. You can find me, my uh, film and culture stuff on uh, screencritics.net um, and the other podcasts that I do, which include uh, the Big Screen Critics podcast and as well as my uh, video movie reviews, which I'll be doing. Uh, I'm putting on one up this week about the, uh, the new documentary film I'm Not Your Negro. Uh, you should definitely get down to the cinemas and catch that because I'm not sure how long it's going to be out there. Um, but uh, from us, it's goodbye, and we'll see you all next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.